Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And we welcome you to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. In doing this podcast over the years, it's most gratifying to hear from people who have stumbled upon cannabis, which relieved a host of health issues when nothing else seemed to help them. Today, we're talking to a man who started having health issues as a child. Joining us from St. Louis, Missouri, to tell his story is Keith Muleman. Keith, good of you to do this. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Keith, one of the things that I found really interesting is uh, in the notes that you sent us, you said that now that I'm healthy and can look backwards with clear thoughts, I came to realize I was sick mentally and physically, even as a child, as far back as six years old and possibly younger. Uh, when did you first notice that you were having problems? Um, you know, as far as... Uh Focus issues, even in junior high school, um, seventh, eighth, ninth grade, and then progressively getting worse in high school, I would have um, attention issues, the inability to focus and concentrate. So luckily I was had pretty high intelligence, so I didn't need to study a lot to get decent grades. So I, I guess I kind of skated by mostly A's and B's, but I didn't really have to put a lot of effort forward, thank goodness, because I, I had a lot of difficulty focusing during those years as I um, as the years went by in school. A's and B's, you smart ass. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, when did you start noticing that you really had some physical health issues? Well, probably, oh, 18, 19 years old, I started, um, my, my health started transforming from more mental issues to, and emotional issues to more physical issues. I started having like, um, some aches and pains in my hips and my knees. Um, and then I started um, experiencing shortly thereafter a lot of jitteriness, what felt like nervousness. Um, at the time, I didn't realize until I was later diagnosed with uh, anxiety. Um, and of course, much, much later after doing a lot of research, realized this is all, you know, the beginnings of inflammation in most people. And that's, that's where my start was when the inflammation started showing signs of of increasing illness. Now, you, in 2008, you you were on disability. Take us through that. Okay, that was a, that was a pretty tough year for me. Um, I was on disability briefly the fall of 2007 for about a month and a half and went back to work um, just because I had to survive financially. Um, but I was just barely limping along. And then, uh, so uh, October, November 2008, then I was feeling just as ill as I was the prior year and, and, um, was in so much pain, um, was so depressed and was having constant anxiety and panic attacks. Um, and so I had to go on leave again at work. My, my brain, I couldn't focus. Um, my, my thoughts were cloudy. I was giving having a lot of memory loss. And, um, <clears throat> so it got so bad that, uh, I was in the hospital for two and a half weeks. Um, because I had been down to 125 pounds and was malnourished. And so they had to keep me in there for 
to stabilize me because they thought I was possibly going to have a heart attack due to all my um, malnutrition. Mm -hmm. Um, Just before going to the hospital, though, I was in so much pain that I actually tried to commit suicide with sleeping pills while I was on disability. Um, It was pretty rough right there. That's that was definitely uh, my lowest point in my life. Well, Keith, um, that must have been pretty horrible. Um, When you're talking about that you were in constant pain, what what kind of pain? Like, where was your pain? And also this being malnourished, was this stemming from you just being so sick that you didn't feel like eating or couldn't eat or just that your body wasn't absorbing nutrients or what was going on? I think it was probably a combination, as far as the malnutrition, is probably a combination of both. Uh, I wasn't eating as normal as I needed to be. And in addition, probably what I was eating wasn't being absorbed properly. Um, to be honest with you, um, as far as not eating goes, yeah, I was severely depressed. I had been just diagnosed that earlier that year is no longer being depressed, but now bipolar. Um, so during that same uh, period, I did a lot of uh, uh, outpatient counseling that my wife wanted me to get uh, just because our, our life was falling apart. Um, and uh, as far as the pain goes, um, I literally hurt everywhere. I mean, you name it, it hurt. Um, it was just nerve pain from head to toe. Um, a lot of the pain was focused in my back. Um, when I would just stand up for even just a few minutes, I could feel the burning sensation in my muscles from being fatigued from just the the amount of pain and inflammation that was especially in my back area. But I could feel the pain from head to toe. I mean, it was it's just a, it's hard to describe except for people that have had it. But you just hurt everywhere were you did they put you on pharmaceuticals to try and deal with this pain um no actually i told my um primary care physician from the get-go that i wasn't a pill popper and so i didn't so she never ever even offered them to prescribe um any pain pills for me um all i was on was um oh starting about 1997 was anti-anxiety medications and then from about 2002 till that till 2008 that we're talking about right now um those six years they switched me over to um antidepressants and it told me you know those do help people sometimes with pain as well never helped me um actually the antidepressants created more side effects than they provided benefit um so i never enjoyed being on any pharmaceutical whatsoever so um like I said, no, I, I, <laughs> I limped along, uh, just surviving day to day and, um, just trying to get out of bed and, and block the pain out. Keith, when you tried to commit suicide, how did you, what did you do? Well, it took me a long time to be able to talk about this. So hopefully I can keep my composure. Um, so I was on leave, as I mentioned, um, one other pharmaceutical or prescription that I got from my primary care physician was a sleeping pill, very mild one. I told her I didn't want to even, when I was telling her in 2008 that I was having trouble sleeping, she suggested a mild sedative or sleeping pill. And I was like, well, you know how I am about pharmaceuticals. Um, and she goes, yeah, but this will be very mild. So I got a one month prescription for sleeping pills. And um, it's because of the depression, because of the pain. Um, while I was on leave, I, I was just, constantly thinking about how I could take my life because, you know, you get to that level of pain and you just don't feel like you can keep going on anymore um, when you've been dealing with it, especially for as many years as it was. And so I had roughly, I think it was 13 sleeping pills left. And I was like, you know, I can't leave my, I can't like, 
you know, commit suicide in a way that would, would, um, harm my family mentally where they find me and they, you know, uh, and they would just be devastated. So I thought, well, I'll just take the rest of these sleeping pills and I'll fall asleep and I won't wake up. And so, so I took those pills and, you know, it took, <laughs> I can remember pacing around the main floor of my house thinking, can I do this? I can't do this. I cannot, you know, how can I not do this and keep living in pain like this every day? And so I took all 13 sleeping pills and luckily it wasn't enough to kill me. And I only slept for about, Oh, almost two days, almost two straight days in my house, of course. (laughs) Right. And then you woke up and tell us about that. Well, so I woke up, I felt refreshed. My wife, you know, again, she didn't know why I was sleeping. I just told her I was just exhausted. I didn't even tell her I had taken the sleeping pills. Um, But it didn't really, you know, it certainly didn't resolve anything. It didn't harm me any worse. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, I felt a bit refreshed, to be honest with you. But but I was in such bad shape still. Um, She didn't know what to do. You know, she was at her wit's end. Um, My wife didn't believe I was ill. She only believed what the primary care physician was saying, which is that I, uh, I have depression and then all these symptoms that I'm having are issues that most people with depression deal with. They really don't listen. They, they didn't really listen to me over the years telling, oh, I, this hurts, that hurts. You know, I have bone on bone arthritis. There's no doubt about it. All these various issues I had, they would just ignore them. Um, and they would focus on 15 minutes in the office uh, on depression. That's it. Um, they do these basic blood screenings or panels and then say, we don't see any problems with you. It must have so, been incredibly frustrating. Uh, extremely frustrating. You know, um, you go along thinking that when you get sick, you go to the doctor and they're going to help you. Yeah. Yeah. And you learn that there's some things that they just don't have the knowledge to help people with. No wonder you felt suicidal. I mean, you're, you're feeling defeated. And I certainly have been where you were at as far as pain. And it's not even so much that you want to die. It's just that you don't see an end to the pain and you just want a freaking break from the pain for a bit. Yeah, you've got that right. You you know, people that don't live in pain, um, you know, they don't necessarily understand the toll it takes on you mentally. Yeah, it really does. And you become sleep deprived as a result. And it's a downward spiral. You know, and sleep deprivation alone can cause huge um mental issues, mental health oh, yeah. issues. Well, I had restless leg syndrome too at the time. Not that I was ever diagnosed because again, I would tell my doctor these things and she just kind of shake her head and she never really seemed to have a grip on, on how to treat these kind of conditions. Um, and I learned now is today that this is very, my story is not all that uncommon with people with autoimmune conditions. You know, they just don't know how to treat this inflammation and how to, uh, how to make any, make, make any dent in it to where it's beneficial to the patient. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, well, actually go back to what you asked before, uh, when I was having that pain, uh, after the suicide attempt, um, you know, I, I wasn't any better. I was, I was just continued getting worse. Um, so then I did actually, my wife, um, had said, you know what, I'm going to take, check you in for, in a, in a, this, the psychiatric, uh, part of a hospital. I was like, Oh boy. I was like, I don't want to do that. She's like, if you don't do it, we're going to get divorced. And uh, so I let her one evening. She, We picked up her mom and dad. They, 
it, she didn't want, my wife didn't want to go alone and took me to this um, psych ward and they start questioning me and asking me about things. And, you know, I, I tell them my story about how, yes, I am depressed, no doubt about it in my mind, but the doctors are ignoring or, or uh, don't know how to address these physical issues I have. And they asked me what they were and I started describing them. And I said, I keep telling my family that, you know, it's, this is not a mental condition. That's just one aspect of illness. And, but that's what people focus on. And they said, looked at my wife and said, he needs to be at a hospital. You know, he doesn't need to be here. You need to take him to an ER. So then she did. And that's when they admitted me. And I was there for two and a half weeks and for them to stabilize me and, and which helped because it was, it was kind of a non-stress environment as well, away from all the day-to-day stuff. Um, but again, they ran tests. They had every specialist that they could think of come in my room and run tests on me. And still they, they found nothing. Even when I had blood in my stool, they're still saying we don't find anything. Um, so that was, again, frustrating. Um, got out of the hospital and again, nothing really changed. So that's all the bad news. Let's go to the good news and how you discovered uh, cannabis. Okay. Yeah, uh, good question. So, you know, the internet uh, can be amazing. Um, In 2002, uh, again, when I was starting to get severely depressed, I just started realizing there's got to be solutions that doctors don't know about. So I just started doing natural research, Um, just learning about health, the anatomy, and how it works, just making sort of making myself an expert at learning about the human anatomy. And uh, so I tried different herbs and other different nutritional uh, protocols. Uh, juicing, cleansing, um, smoothies. And I did that uh, for about 2002 to about 2012 or so. And then I came across essential oils in 2012 or so. Um, started experimenting with different, different, taking different combinations of essential oils that I was buying online and ingesting them. I read that you, you know, you need to apply these oils on your skin. And to me, that just didn't make, didn't make any sense to me, how we couldn't ingest these oils to heal our body internally. Um, knowing that these are plant oils, so what they wouldn't harm us. And so I started ingesting essential oils from 2012 until about 2015, and they would help. That was the first time I actually started feeling like something was making a big difference in my health. I would take a dose, and I could just feel feel it working within an hour or so. It's hard to say exactly what I mean by feel, but um, if you feel some pain in an area, and then you start feeling subsiding and uh, feel a cool sensation, I knew it was working. Um but again, it only slowed down my illness. Um, it never really reversed it. And then I was ready to go on disability again in 2015. I was at my wit's end again with pain and insomnia and not, not able to sleep. And so I thought, okay, one last effort here. I'm going to make some do some research on the internet for the item that's causing my most pain, and that was my arthritis. So I, I, I Googled natural cures for arthritis. And uh, it was a miracle that day. I uh, I thought was coming up, what was coming up was research, and it turned out it was a banner ad. But I didn't know till after the fact um, that I saw an ad for that said some some scientists uh, consider CBD oil the next miracle cure, and I didn't had never even heard of the term CBD. Okay, and so again I thought it was research, so I just clicked through, and it turned out it was a company's website for a CBD oil company, and I was like, okay, well, you know what? I started reading some things on the website, started reading a few reviews by some customers that were saying it helped them with pain and sleep. And I was like, okay, that's my two worst issues right now to try and get through every day is 
lack of sleep and and pain. So I was like, I, I'll just take a shot here and buy some. So I bought some CBDO, had it mailed to me, started taking it daily. Um, didn't know how much to take. I had no clue. Just read start slow. But by the end of the first month, I started feeling better. Um, not like day and night better, but I could tell again, like the CBD, like the essential oils, it was providing similar feelings as the essential oils. Um, lower, lowering the pain, helping me take the edge off and sleep a little bit. And um, so that's kind of how I started my cannabis journey was I was introduced to CBD oil instead of high THC extracts. Right. CBD is incredible with uh, anything inflammatory. So it doesn't surprise me that you you uh, did get some relief with that. Um, yeah. how did so you, how, how much uh, relief would you say you got? Like, were you starting to sleep better? Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, if your, pens, your pain, say, at the beginning was a 10, once you started taking the CBD, where was it? So, you know, that's a, that's a good question. So I didn't really know how to dose it for probably about a year and a half. And I kept research. Once I started getting benefit within a month, I made it like my mission to learn everything I could about what CBD was. And so I started researching pretty much day and night. When I wasn't working, I was researching on the Internet to learn about cannabinoids. And uh, so for about the first year and a half, I was still in some pretty intense pain. Um, I, I was I was getting better sleep than I was pain relief. Um, and but somewhere during, let's see, about a year and a half into my CBD oil uh, protocol, someone introduced me to cannabis concentrates that they had gotten from another state, a legal state. And they told me it would help me feel better. And so I, so they introduced me to vaporizing or vaping these uh, uh, THC distillate cards, cartridges. And from the very first um, puff off that little cartridge, I, I felt pain relief, some good pain relief within a few minutes of it. And so I was like, oh boy. So when you combine, when I started combining a little bit higher TAC levels than what was in this full spectrum CBD oil to what I was doing every day, that's when I really started getting um, good relief and what I would call strong healing. So probably, you know, that, so again, the first six months to a year, I was in still excruciating pain until I added in higher THC levels. And that's when I really started seeing the big benefits. And again, the CBD oil that I was getting was full spectrum. I didn't know back then because honestly, the labeling was so different. You didn't really understand what was in the bottle all the time, but um, it was full spectrum. But until I got that additional boost from the, the THC in higher, slightly higher amounts than what was in the CBD oil, I wasn't really getting um, a lot of significant or at least strong changes where I knew um, knew that I was, you know, on onto something here is getting more than just uh, temporary symptom relief. That I was actually starting to, you know, get some actually permanent changes in my body. Yeah, you could feel that as time went on. Oh yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> it's really interesting because um, the healing got so strong that a lot of old symptoms would come back and then disappear, um, and then. You know, a month might go by and another slightly older symptom would come back and disappear. And I, I it's confused the heck out of me. Uh, I didn't know what was going on. So that was about April 2017. So about a year and eight months into me taking the CBD oil and then, of course, vaping the THC just carts as needed. And uh, but I was uh, in addition to those symptoms coming back and returning, 
uh, pain was coming back. So I was actually, there was a period of month, early 2017, where I was pretty low on pain. You know, I mean, it was very manageable. And then it started coming back around April, May 2017. And, and I was very confused thinking, oh, I must not be taking enough CBD oil. So I increased my CBD oil dosage. A few weeks goes by, my pain got worse. And I was like, oh, boy, I really need to get ahead of whatever this illness is in my body. And so I took even more, increased my dosage, daily doses, and the pain got worse. And like I said, over a couple months, then symptoms started coming back. And I was like, this is really doesn't make any sense. I hurt more, but I have a much higher energy and I'm sleeping good. And these symptoms are coming back. And so it confused me so much. I decided to open up to my chiropractor and tell him I was, you know, taking CBDO and telling him what was happening to my body. And uh, I said, it feels like healing. But I was like, I've never felt anything like this before in my life. And he said, well, we're taught something in chiropractic school called retracing. He's like, you know, I know you know your body. I've been treating you for many years. He goes, so he goes, I have to believe that you're healing really fast in a process, going through a process called retracing, where exactly like that happens is where old symptoms come back as your body heals through things if it's, yeah. if it's healing very strongly. And so I've been retracing probably, oh, a good five years, whereas my body's still healing through some stuff. That's how sick I was. Um, but you wouldn't know I was sick by looking at me. I don't feel sick. Most of my issues right now are healing of the brain. So I feel really good. My body feels really strong and healthy. You were also diagnosed with the thyroid issue, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. So, um, again, I wasn't being diagnosed properly by my primary care. And so when I did go to my chiropractor in, in mid 2017, and he told me about, uh, explain to me what their tracing was. I said, do you have a, I was like, I've always been curious about what is actually wrong with my body. What's sick? Why couldn't my doctor detect anything? I said, do you know of any naturopaths or holistic doctors who um, you trust that would keep an open mind and, and uh, not <laughs> jump to conclusions that all my issues are from depression? And he said, yep, I do. So he sent me to this gentleman um, who uh, treats hard to diagnose autoimmune conditions the way he described it to me. Um, and he ran uh, a bunch of blood tests and came up with uh, a diagnosis of Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which I didn't know anything about, but I know it, you know, after the fact that it is, it can be a deadly autoimmune condition. And he said to me, he goes, you know, he goes, this is just a start. He goes, if, if I found this already, he goes, I'm going to find a lot more if we do this DNA testing or genetic testing. And, uh, so he gave me a kit to mail in and. As you can imagine, all this stuff costs hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Mm -hmm. So I didn't do that next stage of the testing because I thought, well, you know what? I got the answer that I was looking for is that this is not like something that is in my brain. You know, this is actual uh, a physical illness and, you know, that there was something there that the doctors just didn't know the right test to run. Um, but he uncovered it, you know, with the very first blood test. So, yeah, I mean, at that point, I was like, you know what? That's okay. I don't need to see doctors anymore. I'm healing. Um, I just wanted that peace of mind that something, you know, something really was there that my primary care physician just wasn't able to understand or diagnose properly. Keith, what does an average day look like for you with uh, cannabis use? Um, so what I learned over the last six and a half years I've taken this is the lower we get our inflammation, the less and less THC we need. And I've even become more sensitive to it so much that I can't even hardly consume any. So, so for me right now, because I don't really have any pain issues, 
I just take CBD oil daily. It's a full spectrum CBD oil, but just like everybody else who buys it in the store in the United States, it has maximum of 0.3% THC. Yeah, which is negligible. It's nothing. It's nothing. Right. Right. Not much. Right. That's why I needed the additional amount back then when I would vaporize the THC, just the carbs. But now I don't need any of that. Um, I'm pretty much pain free um, <laughs> to be, believe it or not. Um, a lot of people who haven't been through healing with cannabis um, may not understand this, but those who have will. Um, when you're healing, many times you're healing more time quicker than what the illness, how the illness progressed. And so many times you're healing um, pain is actually worse than your pain from the illness. Um, so I went through a lot more pain as actually I was healing over the last few years than when I was ever, when I was ill. Um, but now I, I'm, I'm pain free. I don't have any nerve pain. I don't have any joint pain. Um, my arthritis is almost nearly undetectable. Um, I, I used to have asthma. I no longer have asthma. I mean, it's changed my life um, in a way, like I said, I can function. Uh, the biggest issue I have now is healing so fast that my brain has, it retraces back to like brain fog and depression um, and different emotional ups and downs. I have to be careful with healing too fast. Otherwise, these symptoms of healing become unbearable. How about your, uh, your, your diet? You said you were malnourished at one point down to 125 pounds. How tall are you? So I'm about five eight and a half. Okay, just a little over five eight. And uh, have you gained some some of that weight back? Yeah, yeah. I uh, usually I'm about one forty to one forty five. Um, so, but you know, so that may not sound like losing much fifteen pounds to twenty pounds for the average person. But when you lose, you know, fifteen percent of your body weight, it makes a big difference when you're, uh, you know, already a slim person like me. Um, mm-hmm. So. You know, had gotten back down back to about 145 um, pretty quickly, but um, I, I've had trouble gaining more than that. Um, but over the last year, I've actually got, gotten back to a normal appetite as well, and I actually got above 150, 155. So, uh, and it was able to start going to the gym again without feeling in pain all the time from trying to lift weights or exercising. Yeah. So I've gained some of. Gain pretty normal weight back for me. You know, your story is truly remarkable. When you talked earlier about the arthritis pain you had since you were a teenager, the depression, the panic attacks, uh, the asthma, the Hashimoto's, and now it sounds like you were, excuse me for using this term, but almost a normal person in terms of your health. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I would say... The only thing that isn't normal is my brain function yet. Well, one of the things I learned during all the research I did over, I've done over the last dozen years or so is the brain's the slowest healing organ in the body. So my body itself has repaired itself or healed tremendously. Um, not back to 100%, but pretty close. Um, it's my brain now that is actually doing the strongest healing. Um, so like I said, you know, that's what I'm working through right now is the brain healing. And anybody who has had, you know, depression or bipolar or even uh, PTSD, because I was actually um, diagnosed with PTSD as well, will understand how difficult it is to to heal the brain. It's not easy. 
Do you know, Keith, I don't know whether I've told this story before, but uh, when we started this podcast, Corey and I met with a friend of mine called Greg. Greg I used to work with uh, many years ago, and he was a big supporter of our podcast. And he suffered from depression, and he became blind later on in life. And one day we were out and someone asked him, uh, Greg, if you had to choose between depression and blindness, what would you choose? And he said blindness. Because we would go out with him and sometimes he'd say, guys, I've got to go. My demons are coming after me. And Greg, unfortunately, committed suicide by jumping off the balcony of his condo. And I can understand your issues, and I think you have made just remarkable progress, and um, I commend you for that. I think it's great. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, I can I can definitely relate to that story. Um, I would choose the depression over the blindness. Um, one of the things I know now is that I have the tools to el- eliminate the depression permanently. Um Whereas if I if I chose blindness, I, I don't know that I, how I could reverse that. Yeah. But yeah. So, but yeah, that but that does speak to how much suffering is going on inside when you're dealing with that depression. Yeah. It you know it so makes a lot of days difficult to even get out of bed when you're dealing with with a lot of depression like that. And as I mentioned, you know, mine had gotten so bad I was diagnosed bipolar in 2008. So, um, but again you know, we can heal back through those if we have the right tools to do that. Given your use of cannabis, has it saved your marriage? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, my wife, <laughs> three years into my CBD oil protocol, um, she was dealing with some pain issues as well in her neuropathy in her shoulder and her right arm. And she had precancerous growth uh, surgery done, surgery completed twice to have precancerous growth removed. So she had her share of issues as well. Um, and she was in so much pain in, in uh, 2017 on her right side of her body um, that she was crying one day. And I said, you know, I don't know what else to tell you except what's helped me. And she's like, fine, I, I, I'll try it. And so I gave her a dose of my CBD oil that I was using at the time. And uh, within 30 minutes, she's moving her arm going, oh, my Lord, I don't feel any pain in my elbow. And I said, like, you know, <laughs> I've been telling you this for three years now that it's been helping me. Um, again, when you hear when people hear what a doctor tells someone, that's what they think is gospel. That's what they think is the truth. Um, so all my wife, again, thought that I was depressed and that I was just treating CBD uh, for depression. She didn't really understand what it was doing for me until she started taking it. And now she's one of my biggest fans and believers. Um, we take CBD oil every single day. Uh, nice. That's a great story. Yeah. What would you, uh, in conclusion, Keith, what would you like to say to people who are somewhat skeptical about the use of cannabis? Um, If they're skeptical, um, start out with, uh, like I did, with CBD oil, uh, a full spectrum CBD oil. You know, that's not going to, it's going to be something that will start making minor changes in your body, but it's not going to overwhelm you with high amounts of THC. So it's a way to get your feet wet without um, having to worry about having any strong reactions that you, you know, you might think are negative reactions. Keith, you got a great story and we very much appreciate you telling it. Thanks very much. 
Yes, thank you very, very much, Keith. So appreciated. Thanks for listening, everyone. We appreciate your support, both your financial support and your listenership. And if you'd like to help us and you'd like to spread the word about the use of cannabis, share it with your friends and uh, have them share it with their friends and so on and so on and so on. Then we can expand our reach and expand the information that uh, we, not us actually, but the people that we talk to, the people that we interview, talk about because there have been just some remarkable stories in Cannabis Health Radio. And as you know, we have no sponsorship. You are the sponsors. And if you'd like to support us, there are a couple of ways you can do it. You can become a monthly supporter for as little as $5 a month, or you can go to our Patreon page and make a donation as well. And go to CannabisHealthRadio.com and share that with your friends and family and uh, we'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.